0: You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. But I've got to say to you, the Apostle Paul preached this gospel in a way that was offensive. But may I say to you, there's no way to preach this eternal salvation without it offending people. It offends religious people. If it offends you today, it's not my fault. I can't preach it any other way. I don't know how to preach it any other way. I don't know how to tell you that salvation is forever. I don't know how to tell you that it's forever except to say it's forever. They don't call it eternal life if it's temporary. Glory to God. Either you have it or you don't. Tell two people. Either you have it or you don't. You just told one person, but that's all right. But then he says, here, he calls us to be obedient to this faith. You know, children are better children. I mean, they're better, better citizens of the family if they're obedient. They might be that, that, that rebellious kid is just as much a child of the family as the good kid. Amen. But we like the good kid better. Yeah. We don't want to bring that rebellious Brad over you know for supper. Bring the good kids over. Leave that one someplace else. Leave them with grandma. Right? I mean that's how you feel. You know what I'm talking about. You thought of the you thought of a family right there when I said that. You were thinking, Yeah, I know them Joneses when they bring them kids over. They're good folks except them ratty kids. <laughs> Don't look around when you do this. Just look, look straight ahead. They won't, know, they won't know you're talking about them. <laughs> I say that God wants you to know you're secure, but he also wants you to be obedient. He wants you to live in a way that isn't cumbersome for you to have to cover your tracks. Live in a forthright, fresh-faced manner to make it, make the devil tremble every time you wake up. I want to, I, I imagine sometimes that when I wake up in the morning, I hear demons screaming, Oh no! He's awake again! I want to live my life in obedience and be one of those that Jesus can call on. You understand? Be one of those that Jesus can call on to act that day in righteousness. You know, uh, we have soldiers all over the world. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, all over the world right now. And your taxes help keep them there. And the reason they're out there is not to meddle in other people's businesses, but to try their best to keep wars off our coast. The reason why we've always fought foreign wars is to keep them off our coasts, keep them off our land. You understand the reason for foreign wars, right? Somebody picks on us, we take the fight to them. Because if you want to fight with an American army, we're going to fight in front of your wives and children, not in front of ours. It's, 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 uh, it may not be the most popular policy, but I like it. I don't want to have to fight those wars in front of my grandkids and children and wife. You have soldiers out there right now, and the reason why these military people are out there, the number one duty of a soldier is to learn to obey. That's his number one duty. He has to obey to be able to be trained to kill he has to obey day one. He learns obedience. My brother-in-law was in the Marine Corps. And you don't say, yes, sir. You say, sir. Yes, sir. Or you get hit. Get <laughs> rough on you, aren't they, Ronnie? In that Marine Corps, that, that DI, he, he's nobody to mess with. Sir. Yes, sir. That's your only answer. That's your only answer. And, uh, there's no, no, no other answer. Just, if you said it, it must be right, sir. Yes, sir. Anybody here in the military, been in the military, some of you guys? Am I close to right? <laughs> your only answer is obedience. See, when Paul says he's obedient to the faith, he's not talking about being obedient to a DI or a sergeant or a lieutenant or a captain. He's talking about being obedient to the ultimate authority, being obedient to the faith of God. Amen? And he says it here in verse 8. Notice what verse 8 says. I like verse 8. I like all of it, but verse 8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Man, I want an obvious testimony. I want an obvious testimony. I don't want to have, well, what about old Holler? You think he's a Christian? Well, let me think about that. I, you know, I did see, oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. No, I don't want them to have to try to figure out whether or not I'm a Christian. Am I in the right house today? I want an obvious testimony. I want it that when they hear about Holler, they're hearing about good things all over everywhere. Not about me but that I'm obviously serving God, that you have an obvious testimony. He said, your faith's spoken of everywhere. He's telling this church, they're talking about you all all over everywhere. They're talking about you, Romans, how your faith in God is working for you, how you believe God and wonderful things are happening, how you're changing the kingdom, how you're changing the empire, how you're making a difference, glory to God. Your life ought to be an obvious testimony of the grace of God in your life, not spending it on... On worldly pleasures, but, you know, speaking of worldly pleasures, we had a guy take off work and go to Hawaii here a while back right in the middle of the semester working for Christ for the Nations. He went to Hawaii. And he said he went to visit his daughter who lives there. I thought, I'm going to talk one of my kids into moving to Hawaii. <laughs> so, I, so I can have a reason just to pick up and go to Hawaii. I accused him of it, too. (laughs) Who would want a kid living in Hawaii where they have winter, but it's not obvious? We go there in what we call winter, and we get there, and it doesn't look like winter at all. They're having winter, but it doesn't look like winter. It's not obvious. See, you might be a believer, but the question is, how obvious is it? So Their faith was spoken of throughout the whole world. Well, that didn't happen because they had no winter. That didn't happen because it wasn't showing. It showed. I was thinking about a little boy who, whose daddy said, hurry up, son, hurry up. Get ready, the church bus is coming. You need to be in Sunday school. The little boy said, daddy, did, did, did you go to Sunday school when you were a boy? He said, yes, I did. The boy said, well, it, it probably won't help me either. <laughs> <laughs> one thing to send them is another thing to be there. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. I was thinking about old R.W. Schambach, one of my favorite old preachers. He's in heaven now, but he was an amazing preacher and an amazing man of God. and He had a wonderful testimony of the healing power of God in his life. He had worked for an evangelist, a healing evangelist, and he was just radical. He was just out there. One day he was on his way to church. He was preaching a revival at a church, and he heard screeching tires. He heard, he heard screeching tires. He turned around and looked as he was on his way into the church house. He turned around and looked. Pardon me. There was a car going around the corner almost on two wheels. And in its wake was a little boy lying in the street. The car had hit him. And there was blood coming from the child. Didn't know where. Just blood on the street. People ran out of their homes now the other buildings around. And ran out there and gathered around the little kid. And Shambok turned around and walked over there. And there were people trying to revive the child and to no avail brother Shambock said alright you've done what you know to do now let me do what I know to do and they made way for him and he knelt down there beside that kid and took him by the hand and said I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to live come back and when he did the little boy opened his eyes and looked up at Shambock and said thank you preacher <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he knew he was a, a preacher but he said thank you preacher the next night, and he went on and had church. The ambulance came, took the little boy off to the hospital. Shambach went on and had his service that night. The next night, he's in church, and there's a man walks in, and a woman with three or four little kids, three or four or five little kids. And they walk all the way down the front sit on the front row real early. And they just sit there looking at him. And he's up there. It's the old days. He had to make his, get his own microphone set, you know, and he's making sure that everything's in place. And his family just sitting there, just looking at him, staring at him. After it was over, after he kind of got everything all in place, he walked down off the platform and down there to them and said, "I'm R. W. Schambach. And the dad said, "I know right well who you are, sir." He said, "How do you know me?" And he pointed down the row. Right in the middle of that pack of kids, it was a little, that little boy. He said, "That little boy right there was laying in the street out here yesterday." and you brought him back from the dead." He said, What? That's him? He said, Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Not a thing wrong with him. He said, What happened? He said, Well, they rushed him off to the hospital, and they called us, and we got down there. And the doctors, they did all kinds of tests on him, x-rayed him, couldn't find any place from where he was bleeding, couldn't find a scratch on him. Couldn't find anything wrong with him. Completely well, and they sent him home last night. And I said, Boy, how'd that happen? The little boy said, I don't remember anything. All I remember is that preacher saying, come back. (laughs) Woo! glory. He said, so we came down here to find what kind of preacher can do that. (laughs) Come on, you need an obvious testimony. Obedience to faith means your testimony is obvious and it's making a difference in the world. Amen. Good news is that man and his whole family got saved that day gave their hearts to Jesus. I like verse 12 also. Let's have a look at verse 12. It says, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. I've got something to say about this. When I was running from the Lord years ago, I spent quite a few years in my teenage years and early adulthood running from God. I played a guitar. And you all see our bass player, how he gets into it. Yeah, I did that in a rock, I did that in a rock and roll band, you know, long hair and all that stuff and playing in the clubs and all that nonsense. Not, not that it's not, not, you know, when you're worshiping Jesus, you just have at it, boy. You just, you just enjoy yourself. It's all right. Yeah. I'll have old Greg you out there giving it this one of these days. You know. <laughs> I want to see that. Be sure and get a picture of it if I'm not here when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but even when I was running from the Lord, I went to church. I'm not altogether sure why, except that my mother would knock on my door and say, get out of bed and go to church. <laughs> but, you know, I could have said, no, go away. But we would play the clubs at night, Saturday night, be out to 2 or 3 o'clock, and play till 2 o'clock in the morning in Ardmore, Oklahoma got home in bed around 3.30 or 4. My mother would be down there at 9 o'clock pounding on the door, get up, it's church time. And we'd get up and go. We'd just get up and go. And after church, I always felt better. Come on, how many of you admit it? I feel better after I've been to church. Okay, all right. There's something comforting about the people of God. Even knowing they're not always that nice. even knowing that they're not always that nice. There's something that is resonant and abiding in God's house that you just can't substitute with anything else. Paul said, I want to be, even Paul, who had a revelation of Jesus like nobody ever has had, the single greatest Christian that ever lived was the Apostle Paul. You may have a favorite, but you're wrong (laughs) if it's not Paul. There was nobody like him. Amazing man, you study his life, it's ridiculous. The kind of things he went through and just did it with joy for Jesus. And yet, he said, I wanna come so I can be comforted by your faith. He never even met these folks, but he just knows, if I can just get to the people of faith, things are gonna be better for me. They may not be perfect. They may be hack-kneed, double-tongued, and two-faced, but still, they're better than what that world offers. Come on, somebody help me out. I'll preach a little bit if you'll help me. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Be comforted by you. Well, Not like the woman they asked said, uh, if you had it to do all over again, would you have children? She said, oh yeah, but just not the same ones. <laughs> well, if God, if God had it to do all over again, he'd have the same ones. He'd still pick you. Praise God. If he was looking for a family, he'd still pick you. I believe that local church is the greatest expression of comforting fellowship. Just let me get to the house of God. Just let me get to the people of faith. Everything's going to be all right. I mean, you know, our civic organizations are booming especially the secret societies, casinos, bars, clubs, all that. Those, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying these are all substitutes for what they could have at church it's for free. Right. Hey, yeah, we do take up offerings, but you don't have to give. If you, by the way, if it's grudging for you to give, just keep it. If you think, well, I don't believe that preacher. No, 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 Just act like I didn't say it then. just take what, Just keep what you want. But don't lay out of the house of God. Don't lay out of the house of God. There's comforting fellowship with God's people. Verse 16, let's have a look at that one. You like this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. That's exactly how it says it in the Greek text. It doesn't say it's powerful. It doesn't say it contains power. It doesn't say it represents the power. It says it is the power. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. After comforting fellowship, we find this wonderful thing concerning our obedience to faith, salvation's power. Salvation's power. Because you get saved, I'm speaking to everybody in here who knows you're born again, knows you're saved. To those who believe, he says, you have salvation's power at your disposal. Don't misunderstand. Everybody has doubts. Every person on that road beside you has doubts and has had doubts and probably has some yet to come. Everybody has doubts. But you don't have to let that doubt become unbelief. You hear the word unbelief? It's as though you had belief and then you undid it. Huh? You had it, but unbelief is going backward from belief. And how do you do that? Everybody has doubts, but not everybody has to have unbelief. Doubt is passive, but unbelief is active. Doubt is mental. But unbelief is verbal. Just because you're thinking it doesn't mean you have to say it. When I just tell it like it is. Yeah, you're going to live your life in unbelief. You're always talking about what is. Listen to this. Doubt questions God. But unbelief attacks and blames God. is a difference years ago I got a call a heartbreaking call from a a woman whose daughter-in-law and son had just started to church with us the woman and her husband were elders strong people in the church they'd just gotten their rebellious son back in church with his new little wife and they found out that she was expecting I got a call from that woman saying, Christina just got back from the doctors and got a terrible report, a sad report about the baby. And the doctors recommended termination of the pregnancy. And she said, of course, we're not going to do that. But they were all heartbroken, weeping, painful time for them. She said, would you go see Christina? and pray with them I said yeah so I drove over to the house walked up to the house I'll never forget it and as I set my, stu- set my foot on the porch I heard in my heart Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 which says verily verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So I walked in there, knocked on the door, and they let me in. And walked in there, and there he and her stood, real new in the things of God, real new to the church. He loved his, he loved his beer. He named, he named the, the company. He, he had an earth-moving company with dump, dump trucks and what have you. He called it the Silver Bullet. <laughs> the Silver Bullet. I went in there, and there they were crying. They just, they, just, they just broke. They saw me. As soon as they saw me, they started crying. You know, it's like seeing Mama after you've had an accident. They saw me. They just started bawling. I hugged him and prayed with him and we cried together and then i said i have a word for you she said a what i said i'll have a word for you take your bible she opened up the bible and i showed her mark 11 23 and 24 i said i want you to read it out loud standing right here and so she read it verily jesus said to them verily verily i say unto you and went all through the whole thing she said that's my word i said always has been sweetheart yeah, but I didn't know it, but now this is my word. I said, it's your word. She slammed the Bible shut. She said, all right, that settles it. This baby's healed. I'm calling this baby healed in Jesus' name. There ain't nothing going to be wrong with this baby. It's going to be born fine, praise God. I said, hallelujah. I didn't expect that. I just didn't expect that. You know, I already told you she hadn't been much in church. Usually that's, that's sometimes better at least. She hadn't been religiousized into unbelief. She said, if that's my word, I'm taking my pastor's word for it. It's in the Bible. It's mine. That settles it. My baby's healed. Amen. Well, she still had more tests to go through because the doctors wanted her in pretty often. They were trying to get her to abort this baby. She took some tests and had one more test to run. and They did it. I don't know what it was, but some kind of test. One day, her mother-in-law got an excited call at the office of their business. Who she ran the office. The doctors were calling with an excited, with, with a lot of news, and they wouldn't give her the news over the phone. They said, "You got to call the doctor. You got to call the doctor. Got to call the doctor. You got to call the doctor today. Please don't take any action. Call the doctor today." Mother-in-law goes out there and uh, finds Christina. Christina. Drove a dump truck just like her husband that had his and hers dump trucks. (laughs) West Texas women, what can I say? I mean, (laughs) mother in law tracked her down, said, Christina, opened the door, you know, Christina, you got got to call a doctor. She said, why? She said, because the report is in. She said, you tell them I already got a report. I got the report of the Lord. My baby's healed. I don't care what they say. She said, no, but you got to call. I'll call when I get done working. So she finished work that day. Got up the next morning and finally called the the office. Was not not concerned about what they said. Called the doctors. Doctor said, You gotta come, the nurse actually said, You gotta come down here. The doctor needs to see you right away. I don't need to see the doctor. My baby's healed. She said, They told you? Who told you? She said, Didn't anybody tell me? You're not supposed to tell me either, right? She said, I'm not supposed to tell you. How did you know? She said, I know because the Bible told me I was healed. My baby's healed. She said, well, you still need to come see the doctor. Don't tell him I told you. (laughs) First time I ever told that story in church, there was a baby crying and bugging me. A baby was bugging me. Just kept crying and crying and disturbing. I was trying to tell a good story. (laughs) Fussing little baby. I looked over there. And it was that baby, perfectly healed, praise God. I just said, stand him up. If he's going to preach, let him preach for me right now. Perfectly well. Whole in every way. Amen. To those who believe, salvation's power. It's available. Look at verse 17. I love this. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. From faith to faith, that's the part I want to to focus in on. From faith to faith, it sounds like it's multiplying, and that is the tenor of this Greek text that faith leads to more faith. You start in faith, and you grow in faith. You start in faith to, to get in, and you grow in faith as you stay in. Amen. And, and, and ultimately, when Jesus comes back, what's the Son of Man going to be looking for Luke 18? Faith. He's going to really find faith on the earth. So it's faith to faith, faith to ultimate faith. It means it's multiplying. And it multiplies through your righteousness. That is, By believing God that you have been made righteous and you have the right to use God's Word in your own mouth, to call those things that be not as though they were, and your faith grows. Faith to faith. It's about living it every day, not taking a day off. Just because you go on vacation, don't let your confession go on vacation. You keep your your confession straight. Miss Ann was uh, years ago, I know I'm telling lots of stories today, but it's Easter. Years ago, Miss Ann had a garage sale. Now, when this girl has a garage sale, the garage won't contain it. It's a garage sale. It's a yard sale. It's a down-the-street sale. It's, it, it's, it's everywhere. She wrapped the house with it. Went around the side, out of the garage. Spilled out of the, side. the garage was around the back, and she wrapped it all around the side and the front, up on the front porch. She had a big wrap-around porch. She, I mean, she, it, she just has the stuff. She was having herself a garage sale. And a guy came by the name of Abdu. Abdu was, uh, was he Pakistani or Indian? I'm not sure. I don't remember what nation he was from, but he was raised in Muslim culture. Abdu came to Miss Ann's garage sale. And she started talking to him. Yeah, where you come from? Um, from this country, that country, whatever it was, India. I can't remember. Told about his background. She started talking to him about Jesus. You ever hear Jesus? Oh, yeah, I know about Jesus. I'm a Muslim. You know, hand up, don't talk to me anymore. Oh, but Jesus will change your life. Now, I I told you I'm I'm Muslim. But Jesus will change your life. I'm not talking about being a cultural, religious person. I'm talking about Jesus Christ coming into your life. Look, uh, 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 I just... I don't, I don't really believe that. Oh, but, but that's because you've never experienced it. Yeah, but I, I went to church, but you never came to my church, she said. She said, why don't you come to church with me tomorrow? My wife's inviting another guy to church. I'm just telling you how she is. She says, will not you come to church with me tomorrow? He said, well, no, I, I'm not. She said, what's the matter, are you afraid? No, I ain't afraid of nothing. Why don't you come to church with me and see? He says, I'll be there. We got church started already. Look up, and the ushers are ushering this guy right down to the front row because Miss Ann had told the ushers, you bring him down to the front row, make him sit right by me. (laughs) Just like she sits here. Ushered the guy down the aisle and set him right by Miss Ann, down there where the glory is heavy, you know. He's sitting there. He can't get through the special music. We had songs and worship. He's bawling. And this special, this girl stands up, and it's, it's a special day. She sings this special song called Down the Via Dolorosa. You remember the Via Dolorosa that Sandy Patty sang? And this girl could sing it just like Sandy. And it, That kid, he starts weeping, and he can't stop the tears. He's just wiping tears like this. Crying, 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 crying. And I stood up there and preached what I believed to be the best sermon ever preached at that time. It might be second to this one, but I did my best anyway. And He came up to me, and I knew that my preaching had not done all that much to touch him. It was that song. He came up to me afterwards with his hand out, and he said, Sir, I must confess, though it will cost me my family, cost me my heritage, Cost me my inheritance. Could even cost me my life. You need to know, today, I choose Jesus as my God. Today, I take Jesus as my God. I said, will you be baptized? He said, you say when and I'll be here. Two weeks later, I baptized him in water because somebody decided The righteousness was going to multiply. At a garage sale. Amen. Well, it's not the right setting. This is not the right place or time. Listen, Jesus is always relevant, and every place and every time is right for Jesus. Last part of that verse says From faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And all we're talking about there is a justified lifestyle. A lifestyle. What we really said here today is that obedience to faith means you have an obvious testimony. You have comforting fellowship with the church of God. You have salvation's power. You have righteousness as the the multiplication of righteousness and a justified lifestyle. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Today, obedience to faith just means That you make up your mind you're going to believe what the Bible says and order your life accordingly. Order your life accordingly. What kid, I mean, if he has a reasonably good daddy, doesn't want to be like his daddy? Stand up here, Casey. Come over here and stand by me. Take that baby's hat off. Come over here. Can you take your glasses off just for a second? What kid doesn't want to be like his daddy? Look at that. I just wonder I just wonder what his mama had to do with this. I, I don't I don't see anything of her in him. Yeah. Yeah. He's already worshiping? Yeah. Hey folks, I'm here. He's not gonna have to work too much to look like daddy. <laughs> Regrettably. He's gonna no no. <laughs> No, you he, he don't have to work too much to look like Daddy, are you, buddy? No, you got not have to work too hard. Mm, oh, goodness, yeah. No? <laughs> yeah, I know. But he will have to be trained to live like Daddy. He will have to be trained to live like Daddy. He looks like him. Thank you, Casey, I appreciate that. He looks like him. But it had to be trained. Well, how are you going to get trained to live like your heavenly father? Stay hooked up with his family. Just stay hooked up to the family. Why wouldn't this be the day you say, you know what? I'm committed to everything in this world. I really ought to commit to church. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You commit to everything. Why not commit to being in church and helping you to be trained to live this kind of life that we've been talking about. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your people today. Thank you for this great Resurrection Sunday, this day when Jesus proved that you can overcome anything. Hallelujah. Because when he overcame death, he's saying to all of us believers, Jesus can overcome anything in us. We can overcome anything because of the power of the name of Jesus. And for everything that has set you back, believer, today can be the death of that and the life of your own new beginning today. It can start over. And whatever failures you've had, I say that they are in the past already taken care of and covered by the blood of Jesus so that you can live free, praise God, live free of the curse, live in the joy of the Lord and in the righteousness that is of faith. Now, with your heads bowed just for a moment, let me say to those who are here, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, but after hearing the message today that Christ died for your sins, He was buried, and He rose again the third day, if you're hearing this message, you want to put faith in Christ, today would be a great day to do that. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do anything like that. I just want you to, just want you to know a simple act of faith by raising your hand and saying, I want, to make the, I want to make sure that Jesus is Lord of my life. I want to make it solid and say this is the day. This Easter Sunday, 2014, I became a believer in Christ. Who here in this building say, that's me, pray for me? If you're God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, dear ones. If you'll pray with me right now, I'm going to ask everybody in the building to pray. Let's pray this prayer. It's a prayer that must be prayed to activate your faith in what's going on in your heart. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, out loud. Dear God. I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe Jesus died for me, for my sins, that he was buried and that he rose again, just like the Bible says. I'm a believer. Christ is mine. I am his. I'm through with the world, the flesh, and the devil, and I give myself to Jesus today. I receive your eternal life, Lord, and I thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's rejoice with these who pray this prayer today. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. You'll never be the same.